Hey everybody, it's Kylie Gable. Welcome to another episode of the Candy Apple Press podcast known as the Feminization Boudoir. I'm happy you've decided to join us. Uh, this week we have, we're going back to that vault I have over on Amazon. And this one's a really long story. I, it's the, the longest individual story I ever wrote. And it's called French Exchange. And I think I kind of lucked out because the person that I got to record it uh, just so happened to be a native French speaker. And so as a result, um, the fact that, you know, one of these characters is, is supposedly from France and staying with another family in her first year of college um, is an exchange program that happens at their school. And... Uh, she just happens to be very, very wicked, and she sets her sights on the boy in the family, who is also a freshman. Uh, one of the things that made me think of this particular series is I just released a book called The DuPont Collection. Uh, DuPont College actually first started um, when I was telling the story of what happened to me at school, and... I didn't want to use the name of my actual school, and so I create, created DuPont as a fill-in. And then later, um, DuPont became a character in some of my stories. In fact, um, the, the professor that he's going to meet, I believe, at the end of this clip I'm going to play for you, is actually based on one of the girls who feminized me in college, and her character is plays a really big role in... The Boys of Alpha Theta knew, as well as a pretty big role in Calendar Girl. So this girl, who was a year younger than the rest of us when I was in college, and she had a big role in feminizing me, she became a college professor. And so I decided, hey, wouldn't it be cool if she wound up still being at that school and impacting the next generation of students? So um, this particular story came to mind because, hey, it's, it's one of those DuPont stories. And so here it is, without further ado, this is about, oh, pretty big clip. I think it's going to be about 45 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. And the, um, the story itself is like two hours and four minutes. So I'll include a link on Amazon. Remember, Amazon charges really, really low prices. Or Audible, I should say, does. Charges really low prices on these audios. So you can pick up a nice deal. Luke stared at his schedule in disbelief. The only thing worse than the five ridiculous classes that he was now registered for was the long discarded copy of the form that showed which classes he had signed up for. He had somehow never received a letter from the university with his schedule on it. He didn't even remember getting an email from them reminding him which classes he had signed up for that had apparently been sent ten days ago. He again cursed the antiquated registration system that DuPont College used because he knew at this point it would now take nothing less than an act of God to move him out of these classes and into something that would be in the slightest bit useful for his engineering major. French would be difficult because he had taken Spanish all through high school, but that wouldn't be the worst of it. He was signed up for a sociology class called Gender Roles in Society, Women in Literature, an exploration of feminist fiction in the English department, fashion design and retailing, and finally, Modern Dance, an introduction. How could anybody see this schedule and not realize it was obviously a clerical error? He had registered himself and he certainly hadn't signed up for any of these classes. He resigned himself to attempting to induce the required act of God, calling up the faculty advisor and trying to get himself removed from at least some of these courses, so that he could still salvage something from the semester. Hélène couldn't help smiling at Luke's misfortune. After all, she had orchestrated it herself. It was relatively easy to play the pretty but confused French girl struggling to register for classes in order to distract the IT-savvy guy for a few minutes. While he went to find her a course catalogue, she had quickly used his computer to change all of his classes. 
She had also just slightly altered his email address in the system so that it was off by one letter and so he would be oblivious to any notifications about his schedule while there was still time to make changes. This was an almost sybaratic power and Hélène reveled in it. Exulting in Luke's misfortune and thought of how much fun it would be as he was forced to squirm in a fashion design class. Ever since she'd heard that her host family would have a boy who was roughly her age, she had decided to have some fun with him. But when she saw how naive and trusting and downright gullible he was, well, that just settled it. He would not soon forget the year that Hélène Chartier had spent living with his family. Hélène Chartier was a very pretty girl, though few guys would actually call her hot. Her beauty was undeniable, but it came with a sort of ethereal quality that invoked an air of chasteness and innocence. In reality, she was anything but innocent. People instinctively trusted her, and that was very foolish of them. If people trusted her, and even voluntarily gifted her the very tools which she could then use to set about their demise, who was she to turn them down? Her lineage was an old and proud but slightly disturbing one. Since the age of 16, she had lived with her roommate Christine in a small flat on the southern outskirts of Paris. Now 18, she was ready to take on the world and had set her sights, initially, on America. The Chartier name was quite well known, in certain circles. She was descended from, among others, the notorious French criminal mastermind known as Fantomas, who had terrorized Paris and the rest of the world at the turn of the 20th century. Unfortunately, the same genes that allowed her to inherit his brilliant mind also allowed her to inherit his sociopathic and sadistic traits as well. In life, some people, she reasoned, were predators and some were prey. She definitely enjoyed being ensconced in the former category. When Luke first picked her up at the airport, he was excited. When he'd first heard of the arrangement, he had assumed that he'd wind up with some French guy who he could probably have talked soccer with or something. Instead, he was astounded to discover that there would be a girl his age staying in his house. But Hélène wasn't just any girl, however. Despite her modest clothing style, there was no doubt she was indisputably beautiful. He would lie on his bed and stare at her picture for hours on end that summer, waiting for the day that she would arrive. If he was nervous about going to college, having a student to look after who wasn't even used to America would make him feel seasoned and wise. If he showed her that she could depend on him, maybe some sparks would even develop between them. Hélène had other ideas. She had immediately ingratiated herself with her host family. Luke's stepsister Julie was thrilled by the new arrival. Julie was only a year younger than Luke and she was a result of his father's first marriage. His new dad had been in his life since right after his third birthday and had been the only father he had ever really known. Now, though, he had to share him with this stranger who was only a year younger. Luke's mom and dad had gone out of their way to make Julie feel like part of the family and he couldn't help but be a little put off by having to share their affections. For her part, Julie also slightly resented Luke. He always seemed to get things first, leaving her with the hand-me-downs. He was always the older brother, and so was given manly chores like clearing the yard, whilst she had to do the household chores like the laundry and cleaning the house. Julie and Hélène immediately hit it off. They too were only a year apart and had many of the same interests. Julie loved all the attention that Hélène brought her with her exotic French origins. Hélène relied on Julie quite a bit to help her find her way in a strange new world. She wanted to enjoy herself and become more Americanized during her time here, 
which was why she dropped the accent from her name, although she still pronounced it the same way. Luke's mom and dad also took an instant shine to their French border. She insisted on doing her share around the house and immediately took over laundry duty. While Luke's mom had insisted he do his own laundry since his 15th birthday, Hélène wouldn't hear of it. Luke was thrilled to be able to relinquish this dreaded and tedious task until the day when Hélène accidentally left a pair of Julie's bright red socks in with his sweat socks and underwear. All of his whites now took on a very deep pinkish hue, which Julie found hysterical. I have made a terrible mistake, sniffed Hélène as she approached Luke almost in tears. Oh no, what happened? asked Luke. Bref, I'm afraid a pair of Julie's socks got in with your underwear wash and it is all gone very pink, she apologized. Pink? Oh man! I am so sorry. I feel like such an idiot, she sobbed. Well, don't. They're all underneath my clothes anyway. Nobody will even notice, he assured her. Je suis vraiment désolée. I will make it up to you, she smiled, hugging him tightly. That's not necessary, he blushed. Oh, but I insist. I need to send an email back home, she chirped. Luke didn't think much of it for two weeks, but then a large box arrived in the mail from Paris for Hélène. He called out for her, and she happily raced down, exclaiming, It came! It came! Luke was already charmed by her accent, but the pure joy that she expressed was infectious. He couldn't believe it when she told him that the package was for him. She tore open the packaging with the help of a pair of scissors that Luke found her and dumped the contents out. Inside were a dozen pairs of underwear in every color and hue he could think of. He looked at her puzzled. You ordered panties from France? Oh no, silly, they are French men's underwear, she beamed. They are for you. Um, I don't think they're men's objected Luke as he held up a pair and noticed a distinct lack of fly. Why, sure they are, silly, giggled Hélène as she showed Luke one of the tags written in French as if he could read it. They don't look like any man's underwear I've ever seen. Oh, and you are now the expert on fashion, non? No, I guess not. It's what all the hot French guys are wearing now. But perhaps your American women don't like sexy French guys? All right, he laughed. You talk me into it. Luke went along with her advice and began wearing the underwear every day, despite a smirk from Julie when she saw the underwear on the floor. She was pretty familiar with the styles known as boy shorts. In fact, she owned a few herself. Two days later, when Hélène did the laundry again, the rest of his old tidy whities were disposed of, leaving him with only the French underwear in his drawer. Luke was a very sound sleeper. He was one of those teenagers who could sleep through a bomb blast, and if he was up before noon in the summer, he considered it the middle of the night. Julie was the polar opposite. If she had five hours of sleep, she was up and raring to go early the next morning. One Thursday morning, near the end of summer, Julie and Hélène sat on the couch watching all television shows and discussing life. It was 11 o'clock and they had been chatting for four hours when Julie made an innocent comment. I can't believe my lazy brother. You know, he's been asleep the whole time we've been talking and he'll probably stay in bed for another three more hours, exclaimed Julie. He has a meeting to go with his advisor at one, so I doubt he'll be sleeping too much longer, replied Hélène. If his meeting's at one, I guarantee he'll sleep until at least noon. To say, he is lucky that we are not in France. There's someone who would have played a prank on him, laughed Hélène. A prank? You mean, oh yes, let's do it. Come on, we have to, clapped Julie with glee. Ça te dit? Well, what could we do? Hmm, pondered Hélène. Do you have any loud or garish nail polish? 
Yes, exclaimed Judy. I just bought some gel polish. It's so difficult to remove and it's a very shiny bright red. That sounds perfect, smiled Eden. The girls stopped by Julie's room to get the polish and then crept into her stepbrother's bedroom. He was fast asleep, sprawled out on the bed despite bright sunlight peeking through the corners of his blinds, illuminating his room adequately for the girls to see what they were doing. Luke was on his side, which allowed very good access to his fingers. But in that position, his toes would be a great deal trickier. Let's see if we can get two coats of color on before sealing it with the top coat, whispered Julie. That sounds like an excellent idea, agreed Hélène. Despite giggling continuously throughout the process, Julie moved with a deft and stealthy touch that soon had Luke's fingers tipped in a brilliant candy apple red. Hélène managed to move the comforter exposing his bare toes and Julie attempted the difficult task of painting his sideways facing toes. It was certainly not a professional-looking pedicure, but she managed to make it look fairly neat. When the fingers had dried, Hélène took the bottle of polish and went over Julie's work, leaving the nails a brilliant red before Julie sealed the color in with a top coat. Oh God, that stuff is so bright and such a pain to get off, snickered Julie as they stumbled out of the room still giggling. You do such good work laughed Hélène. Unfortunately, I need to get going soon. I wish I could be here to see his reaction when he wakes up. Maybe we should wake him, pondered Julie. We could, but I think it'll be even funnier if, if he discovers the polish on his own. Yeah, you're probably right. You said he has an appointment at one? Pretty sure. Let me know how it goes when he spots it. I want all the details, smiled Julie. Certainement, agreed Hélène, watching as she walked out the front door. As soon as she left, Hélène crept back into Luke's bedroom and quietly turned off his alarm clock. Then she went back to the living room and waited. It was 12.40 when she rushed into Luke's bedroom. Luke, didn't you have an appointment this afternoon? she queried. Don't worry, he responded groggily without opening his eyes. That's not until one. Mais it's 12.40. Allez. Oh, hell no. My damn alarm never went off and I have to see my advisor. He panicked. Here, stay still a second. Hélène slipped the sandals from his bedroom floor onto his feet. Thanks, nodded Luke, his eyes barely managing to focus as he rushed around. He'd slept in his shorts and quickly grabbed his car keys and wallet. Placing them in his pocket, he opened the dresser drawer where he kept his t-shirts but found it empty. Oh no, I am washing your shirts. They are in the machine right now. Here, take this one, she instructed, tossing him one of her own t-shirts. Luke grabbed the shirt and pulled it on, shouting his thanks to Hélène while running out to his car. He jumped in and sped off in the direction of campus. It wasn't until he stopped at a stoplight that he noticed his fingers, then his toes. What the hell happened? He exclaimed, slamming his hands forcefully into the steering wheel. He was already going to be late, but he knew he simply had to remove the nail polish before anyone saw him. That's when he noticed the shirt that he was wearing. It wasn't too horrible, but it was clearly Hélène's. It was a light blue with a bright fuchsia script spelling out the word coquette. Luke didn't know enough French to understand the word, but he did know that the script writing was a bit girlish for his liking. At least it didn't seem to obviously be a girl's shirt or anything. That would have been all he needed. Luke drove as fast as he could to campus, but didn't arrive there until 1.10. He rushed to the bookstore in the hope that they'd have nail polish remover. He brusquely cut in front of two girls at the till, apologizing for the emergency and quickly throwing a $5 bill at the startled cashier before racing out of the store without even waiting for change. It was only when he sat on the bench outside the store and began to try and remove the polish 
that he realized he should have grabbed some cotton balls too. He used the tissue in his shorts pocket to try and wipe off the nail polish, but was having no luck. The two co-eds that he'd cut in front of looked down on him as they passed him with a mix of bemusement and anger. That was very rude, you know, insisted one of the girls, a tall redhead who he might have noticed was rather cute if he hadn't been quite so focused on his fingers. Why isn't this working? he asked, exasperated, looking up at her. How should we know? And why should we care? asked her friend, an equally attractive African-American girl with big brown eyes. Even if we did know, we certainly wouldn't tell you after the way you cut in front of us like that. Look, I'm sorry, but I have to meet with Professor Shepard and I'm already 20 minutes late, complained Luke. Dr. Sheila Shepard? asked the redhead. Yeah, that's her. She's my advisor. He was confused by their tone. Good luck, coquette, laughed the African-American girl as they both walked off together. With most of the bottle of remover spilled on the ground, Luke had no choice but to give up on removing the polish from his fingernails, let alone from his equally glaring toes peeking out of his sandals. Resigned to his fate, he ignored the strange looks and mocking laughter and raced over to Dr. Shepard's office. He arrived and threw open the door to see Dr. Shepard talking quietly to a female student. I have an appointment! panted Luke out of breath from the frantic runover. You had an appointment, snapped Dr. Shepard. Assuming, that is, you are Luke Merchant, then you should know that you are over one half hour late. I am now meeting with my 1.30 appointment, who was polite enough to arrive on time. If you call the department secretary, then maybe you can book another appointment. I believe I may have an opening in a few weeks' time. Now kindly close the door behind you as you leave. Please, Miss Shepard, I'm in a real bind. That's Dr. Shepard, she snapped, emphasizing each syllable in her degree. Do you think that your situation is any more important than other students, ones who manage to avoid such tardiness with their appointments? No. And I'm really sorry, but please, I need your help, he groaned. With your punctuality as well as your studies, it seems. Take a seat outside and possibly I will be able to squeeze you in at some point. Now close the door, instructed Dr. Shepard. Luke backed out of the room, quietly closed the door and breathed a sigh of relief. Things were not going the way he had hoped they would. He sat down and waited as appointment after appointment went into Dr. Shepard's office, ruefully enduring the barely stifled giggling from student after student who snickered at his shirt and painted nails, unwilling to leave and resolve that problem in case he missed a brief opportunity. Finally, at 4.30, He was the only one left, and Dr. Shepard agreed to let him in. I am giving you a huge break by even seeing you now. My usual office hours ended at four. What is it that you want? She asked rather abruptly. I'm a freshman, and I went to register for my classes a few weeks ago. I signed up for two math class, biology, a survey of American literature in the 19th century, and basketball, he explained. So, freshmen do that every year? The hard part is actually taking the classes, she smiled. What's the problem? All my assigned classes are wrong. Somehow, I'm in all these girly classes that I didn't sign up for, he complained. I wasn't aware that our classes had a gender bias. But I'm in fashion design, dance, French too, gender roles, and feminist literature. Oh, those classes are not manly enough for you and your brightly painted nails, is that it? If only you had bothered to come in when you got the letter or the email, you could have dropped these classes without a hitch. But at this point, the allocating and the scheduling have all been done. The odds of getting anything to replace them are very small. This could well turn out to be a wasted semester for you. 
But I can't take those classes. It would be humiliating, whined Luke. You think that taking my class in feminist literature would be humiliating? You're not exactly giving me cause to want to help you, she glared at him. I'm sorry, miss, Dr. Shepard, but you know what I mean, he pleaded, trying the little boy lost look, which sometimes worked for him. Look, you're a freshman. You're going to be taking some general education courses. Why not just give it your best? You never know, you might even enjoy some of them. Next semester, you can take what you like. But I can tell you that if you try to drop these classes now, you're not going to be able to find anything better, if at all, to replace them at this late stage. So you're saying my best choice is just to keep the classes that I have? I'm afraid so. It's your only option. Nobody likes their freshman classes anyway. I guess that's true. But I wish they weren't all so girly. I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't toss that word around like it's something that's beneath you. I've dedicated my life to studying girly things, she snapped. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess I'm just feeling sort of trapped is all. I promise you if I stick with your class, I'll be sure and give it my very best effort, he swore to her. See that you do, Luke. College is a lot of fun, but it also requires a lot of work, and that's whether you're in my class or another more manlier one, she smiled. Leaving Dr. Shepard's office, Luke felt crushed. He had hoped to get at least one class that he liked, but instead he just knew that he'd now be in for a long and miserable semester. His interaction with Shepard herself didn't help. He was not convinced that she was either going to be a real ball buster or she had already developed an intense dislike for him. Probably both. He had no way of knowing that, soon after Luke had left her office, she had begun giggling to herself, wondering what was behind his t-shirt and nails. This soon broke into outright laughter. Luke threw the door open when he arrived home. His parents had gone out to dinner with another couple and told the kids they'd have to fend for themselves. That was fine with Luke as he had some serious vengeance on his mind. Where are you, Julie? he bellowed. Ignoring Hélène, he stormed up the stairs to confront his sister. He found her in her room, calmly texting a friend on her cell phone. She barely glanced up when he barged into her room. Hey, Luke, she giggled. That's a real cute shirt you've got on. What about my nails? he demanded. Oh, well, yes, they're pretty too. I hadn't noticed, she smiled innocently. I mean, what did you do? he demanded through gritted teeth. The polish won't come off. Get it off me now. Excuse me, I don't think I like your tone, she replied haughtily, why surreptitiously snapping a quick picture with her cell phone. How do I get this stuff off? He demanded, grabbing her arm firmly. This is the last time I'm asking nicely. Whoa, you'd better back off now or I'll send this picture out to everybody you know, she threatened. You wouldn't dare, he sneered. Try me, she barked back at him firmly. Look. I can't walk around with this stuff on my nails. What do I have to do to get it off? Remover won't work, he complained. His tone completely changed from aggressive to docile. That's because it's not normal nail polish. It's gel, smiled Julie. So how do I get it off? He sighed. Well, first... Take your hands so the nails are facing me and hold them up so they're about level with your chin. Fine, he said, complying. Now what? Smile, she teased as she took a quick burst of pictures. Julie, I'm warning you, he growled ominously. Hey, that was just for the scrapbook. Now, if you want me to help you remove that polish... You'll first swear to no retaliation and that you won't tell mom or dad. You'll also owe me one. A very big one, she giggled. Fine, whatever, I swear. 
Just please help me get it off, he replied glumly. Over the next half hour, Judy helped him remove the nail polish by soaking his hands in acetone and then scraping off the remaining polish. Luke didn't like being beholden to her, especially when all she was doing was removing the polish that she'd put on in the first place. The next day was Luke's 18th birthday. He didn't have any big plans, but his parents had decided that they should make such a memorable birthday special for their son. So they took Julie, Hélène and Luke out to one of the best restaurants in the city for a lovely meal and then had cake and presents upon returning home. Luke was overjoyed at their kindness. Oh, Dad, no way! You absolutely did not have to give me your car! Luke could barely contain his excitement. Shh, don't tell your mother. But I get a new car out of the deal too. And it should be paid off just in time for when you graduate. So then I can get that little sports car I've always wanted, smiled Greg, Luke's father. Don't even think it. I'll be overdue for a new one long before then, and your sports car days are so over, mister, joked Luke's mom. I'm only 44, complained Luke's dad. Well, I'll take it, and thank you, replied Luke. We just didn't want you trying to drive to school every day in that old clunker of yours, reassured his mom. We thought you could give it to Julie so that she'd have a car of her own. Great, replied Julie. I always wanted an old clunker with 75,000 miles on it. Julie, it's your brother's birthday. Don't spoil it, snapped Luke's father. Step brother, corrected Julie under her breath, annoyed at being given a hand-me-down again. Please, I would like to give Luke my present now, if I may, interjected Hélène. Oh, that's really not necessary, smiled Luke's mother. Au contraire, an 18th birthday is a big event in France, smiled Hélène. Julie, I don't suppose you got your brother anything, asked Luke's father accusingly. We both went in on this, Mr. Merchant, lied Hélène smoothly. Luke tore open the blue wrapping paper on the package that Hélène had handed him. It wasn't a very big gift, but Luke was excited when he found the bottle of French cologne inside. He began to inspect the writing on the box, but was interrupted by his dad. That's gentlemen only, I believe. I hear it drives the girls crazy, he said. We're all suckers for French guys, laughed Luke's mom. Wow, thanks Hélène exclaimed Luke, genuinely excited, then almost as an afterthought added, Oh, and thank you too, Julie. Luke opened the box and took out the bottle, spraying it on himself in quantities that only a boy who grew up with only body spray could. Not so much, you'll kill the ozone, laughed Luke's mom, waving a hand in front of her face. Yeah, you don't want everyone coughing when you walk by, added Luke's dad. Luke's parents were rather surprised by its aroma, thinking it smelled a bit feminine for such an expensive guy's scent. The cologne had notes of strawberry leaf, violet, and jasmine, but then Frenchmen always did have a reputation for being far more sophisticated than their American counterparts. It smells great, smiled Luke's mom, but turning her head away. Yeah. I might want to borrow it sometime, smirked Julie. I am so glad you like it, smiled Hélène. In the wastebasket of her room upstairs was an empty bottle of Miss Dior Chérie. She would make sure it was disposed of properly before the unlikely event that anybody made the connection to Luke's gift. Luke began his first day of classes with high hopes for his college career but a little less confidence in his first semester. His first class of the week was in the dance studio, which was stuck way out on a corner of campus away from most of the other classroom buildings. He then had a two-hour break before French class started, but French was immediately followed by his sociology class in gender roles. This would be his schedule on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the next 15 weeks. Because Luke's email address was no longer accurate in the university records, he'd missed out on an introductory letter from his dance instructor, Madame Chouinard, 
which had included, among other things, instructions on what to wear to her class. Instead, he showed up in jeans, a Dupont t-shirt, and gym shoes. Entering the dance studio, he saw a woman stretching out. She had grasped the bar against the far wall with both hands and was concentrating on doing some kind of knee bends that required her to thrust her butt way out. Luke could not help admiring her magnificent ass as it was repeatedly thrust towards him. He had heard about the great bodies that dancers sometimes had, and this woman certainly did not disappoint. It was plump and tight, without appearing to have the least bit of fat or cellulite. She had clearly dedicated herself to developing those muscles for her craft. Luke became lost in his thoughts, admiring her sexy, lithe body as it gyrated when she suddenly came to an abrupt stop. He realized that in the mirrored wall, she could see him gawking. Enjoying the show? asked the dancer. Um, no, uh, I mean, yes, you have a great body, he stammered. Oh, it's the nail polish boy, smirked the girl. Now he recognized her. It was the redhead from the bookstore. He wasn't exactly happy to find out she'd be another student in this class. Look, I'm sorry about the bookstore. Somebody played a prank on me with the nail polish, and I was running very late for a meeting. I shouldn't have forgotten my manners, he apologized. Where are your dance clothes? she asked suddenly. My dance clothes? he replied, puzzled. Yeah, this is a dance class. You need to be dressed appropriately or Madame Chouinard will have a major cow. Do you know her? he asked, worried. Yeah, she snorted. I'm her assistant. You? he asked, surprised. I thought you were a student. I'm a senior and I'm also her teaching assistant. So what can I do? I think they sell some basic dancewear back at the bookstore. You'll need to get the correct stuff and do it real quick or you'll be late for the class as well and start it on her bad side. Take it from me. You really don't want to be on Madame Chouinard's bad side, she warned. Okay, thanks. I'll hurry back. He replied and began to race across campus, fighting his way through crowds of students to get to the bookstore. Class would be starting in less than 15 minutes and he still needed to find the dancewear. Buy it, get back to the class and get changed. He raced to the clothing part of the bookstore, found the dancewear and then stood frozen. He stared at a dizzying array of clothes, none of which looked familiar. Good morning, Luke, chirped Ellen. I thought I saw you rushing this way. Hi, Ellen. Sorry, I can't talk now. I'm trying to figure out what clothes I need for dance class, he replied quickly. It's a modern dance, is it not? asked Ellen. Yes, and I'm dead if I don't find something and get back there like now. Here, she said, handing him four packages she had just pulled off from the shelves. I've done dance before. These should work. Oh, wow. Thanks, Ellen. You're a lifesaver. He smiled and rushed to check out. This time, he decided it was better not to try and cut ahead of the two people in front of him. All eyes turned to Luke as he walked into dance class. The slack-jawed silence turned first into tittering, and then a wave of giggles swept the room as Luke entered. He was already feeling slightly self-conscious about his outfit, but Hélène had seemed to know what she was doing. Now, everybody was laughing at him in his grape camisole lettered with built-in bra. His legs were encased in white tights with pink ballet shoes on his feet. Looking over the other students, Luke felt his face go flush. He was the only guy in the class with 11 female students. Madame Chouinard glared at him for the interruption, but he soon joined the other students in some warm-up exercises. Though this was a beginner's class, most of the girls had danced in high school and at least knew how to warm up. Luke tried to awkwardly ape their movements. So, you're not a dancer either, I see, whispered the red-headed assistant. 
No, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing, he sighed. Well, it's a beginner's class. At least I will go slow for you. But why didn't you get some men's dancewear? Um, I don't know about this stuff, he replied exasperated. Well, I think you look cute, she snickered. I have a dance skirt that would match that very nicely. Very funny, he glared. I'm just teasing you. My name's Megan, she smiled. Hi, Megan. I'm Luke. As she went over to help another student, Megan smiled to herself. With Luke around, this wouldn't be a boring class. Between the nail polish, the dancewear, and the way he smelled of one of her favorite perfumes, it looked like it could be very interesting. In French class, Hélène immediately made a beeline for the seat next to his. Luke was surprised to find her in this class, but she explained that she had heard that a French class would help her with her English. This made some sort of sense, but her English was already very good. From the moment Professor Herbert began his class, there was to be not a word of English spoken. Fortunately, from what he could make out from the syllabus, most of the grade for the class would be from projects and skits, so with a lot of help from Hélène, he might do all right. Tests only accounted for 30% of the grade, and with some reliance on Hélène, he felt he could ace the other parts of the class. He'd also have her to practice his French with at night. As the professor had everybody introduced themselves to the class in French, Luke began to get nervous. Hélène wrote out what he should say phonetically for him. So when it was his turn, he stood up and confidently told everybody in the class, Je m'appelle Luc et je suis très luxueux toujours. J'aime bien être glamour et j'adore les chaussures. The other students looked at him confused, wondering if this was an idiomatic expression that they didn't know or if they had somehow just misheard him. Professor Herbert looked on amused that a student had introduced himself as being very fancy, very glamorous, and loving shoes. Très bon, Luke. Je pense que nous allons tous profiter de vous avoir dans cette classe. All the female students loved Professor Herbert. He had a deep, baritone voice that sounded so sexy when he spoke French. He was also a world traveler, full of amazing stories a gourmet chef featured on some local television and a good-looking man of less than 30 years. Hélène smiled and told Luke that the professor thought that they would all enjoy having him in this class. Luke, who beamed widely at the professor's positive response. One of Professor Herbert's favorite teaching techniques was to hold free-flowing conversations at the end of class. The students were describing the three things that they would need with them if they were ever trapped on a desert island. Luke handed Hélène a scrap of paper with the words matches, shotgun, and ammunition on it. The note that she handed back said, Une petite robe noire, des chaussures assorties, et du rouge à lèvres. Luke would have died. Had he known, everybody had just heard him say that he'd want a little black dress, matching shoes, and lipstick. He heard giggles from the class as the professor asked him if he needed lipstick in case there was someone there to kiss. Luke looked over at Hélène, who nodded, and he took that as a sign that he should reply, oui. Luke left the class feeling on top of the world. This was a professor that actually liked him. He walked to sociology with Hélène. Just as he feared, Luke started noticing that the gender makeup of the class was tilting over 90% female. By the time Professor Emily Autry arrived, there were 31 women and only three guys in the class. Dr. Autry was a pleasant, almost grandmotherly-looking figure who had once served in the Clinton White House as some sort of advisor on women's issues. She had a reputation for being very knowledgeable, but also awarding students with grades based on how much they agreed with her views. Hey, I almost didn't recognize you with your painted nails, joked the black girl he had met outside the bookstore. Um, hi, was all he could muster in response. My roommate told me that you were in her dance class, 
She said you made quite an impression today. She giggled. I don't even want to think about it, shrugged Luke. Do you two know each other? interjected Hélène. Oh, I just love your accent. Are you actually French? asked the girl who introduced herself as Pamela. Hi, Pam. My name's Hélène. Yes, I'm really French, from Paris. I'm just spending the year in America, and Luke here is part of my host family. That's awesome, smiled Pamela. I've always wanted to see France. You would love it there. You must come over and I'll show you around, promised Hélène. Luke shifted uneasily in his chair as the two girls continued to talk over him. At least they weren't talking about him. The class wasn't that bad, though at times Luke felt as if everybody's eyes darted to the three male students, as if challenging them to disagree every time Dr. Autry made a disparaging remark about men. By the time his final class had ended, he was exhausted. The workload was much greater than it was in high school, but even worse, he found himself completely out of his element in all these classes. Only French really seemed to be going well, which was completely down to Hélène. Though even the short assignment that Professor Herbert had assigned on what they would do if they were in Paris for a day seemed beyond him. He tried to look up every word on some free translation software. But Hélène shook her head explaining that his paper would make no sense when the software was done with it. She explained that all languages have idiomatic expressions that don't translate literally. For instance, look at all the paintings in the museum is not a phrase a French person would ever be likely to use. They would use a French expression such as Je voudrais lécher cette crème fouettée sur votre corps. Luke recognized the French word for whipped cream and didn't understand how that would fit in. He thought it was a very silly language. On Tuesday, Luke drove Hélène to campus as they were in fashion design and retail together. Hélène really seemed to be excited about this class and was talking a mile a minute about her love for fashion. He hoped that it would at least be a blow-off. Unfortunately, that wasn't to be the case. When he walked into the class and saw sewing machines where the desks should be, he let out an involuntary moan that was noticed by Hélène, who smiled to herself, delighting in his misery. In a class full of fashion-crazed students, being from France instantly makes you very popular. Unfortunately, as the class began to fill up, Luke soon felt out of place with 14 girls and a guy who wore a scarf and referred to himself as rarity. Luckily, a very beautiful strawberry blonde sat at the sewing machine to his right. He recognized her as Allie from his dance class. Hi, he smiled at her. Hey, it's Luke, isn't it? She asked. Right, we're in modern dance together. It's nice to see somebody I know, she smiled. I know what you mean. There are like no guys in my classes, he sighed. Oh, that's got to be rough, she sympathized. You know, I've got a friend who you might be perfect for. Cool, he replied puzzled why she would offer to introduce her friend. You would love Erin. Everybody always does. Maybe the three of us could go out together sometime. That way there'd be no pressure on either of you. That'd be great. I would love to do that, he beamed. When the instructor arrived, all the small talk stopped. Miss Hill was a former New York fashion model who went into the design business after her runway days were done. She still had many industry connections and loved encouraging students to take chances and be creative. Soon, the students were dividing up into the fashion equivalent of lab partners. Luke was disappointed to see Hélène snatched up right away, but Allie made a great consolation prize, especially if she had a friend to set him up with. His mind fantasized about having Allie and her hot friend together for a threesome. He was in such a good mood when he left that class that even Professor Shepard couldn't ruin it. He sat near the back of her class and watched as it filled up. As he expected, it was mostly female students. However, Out of a class with 35 students, Luke numbered among 10 guys. He was a bit surprised to see Megan from his dance class enter the room. She took the seat behind him, smiling to herself when she noticed the red boy shorts he was wearing creeping out of his pants. 
Dr. Shepard wasn't the kind of professor who spent all her time joking with the students and telling personal anecdotes, but she had a passion for her subject matter that could be contagious for an open-minded student. Megan and Luke both sat in their seats enthralled as she recited a version of Sojourner's Truth, Ain't I a Woman from Memory. With Jane Eyre to be completed in just over a week, Luke envisioned himself spending many late nights working on Dr. Shepard's assignments. Driving Ellen home, they discussed the day's classes. Traffic was a bit congested by an accident, and that caused the usually short drive home to take nearly 40 minutes. I think it's great having you in so many of my classes, Luke. It gives me such a lot of confidence to be able to discuss things with you, cooed Hélène. Thank you. I wish I could have taken the class I wanted, but I'm very glad you're in French with me, he replied. Oh, you'll pick it up in no time, she waved a hand. Besides, you really impress our professor today. It's going to be hard to meet any girls in these classes, sighed Luke. Really? she replied. It sounds like your classes are all women. I do not understand. It's just a bad situation where you're the only guy. They tend to gang up on you and you never feel comfortable. Oh, that is nonsense. Girls won't like you, Luke. You have a pretty face and you are smart, she coaxed. You just need to do something about your skin. My skin? I don't understand. I don't have acne or anything. No, I mean that it's very rough. I think kissing you would be like kissing... How you say, sanding paper? Sandpaper? Really? It's that bad, huh? Do you use soap? She asked. Of course I do. Ah, then that is the problem. Soap dries out the skin. You need to use a body wash. I don't know, he replied unsure. Again, you doubt me, Luke. I can only tell you what girls, French girls, like. Maybe American girls are different, but I don't think so. You're right. And I will trust you. You haven't let me down so far. I've gotten several compliments on the cologne. Now that Luke had agreed to use a body wash, Hélène made sure to pick some up at the nearest drugstore later that day. She picked out a very cheap bottle that had an overwhelming odor of lilacs and strawberry that she thought would complement his perfume. She needed it strong to cover up the odor from the extra strength depilatory that she was also purchasing. All right, and so that was um, French Exchange, which is one of my older books and one of my longer books. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. You can pick it up on um, Audible. I'll have a link in the description. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I will be here next week, and I hope you will be too. Bye-bye.